So we've been in this series called A Vertical Story, and this will be my last week teaching it. Scott will be with us next week, but it's kind of been the base of our church and the reason we're named Vertical Church. And in a short story, without getting into a lot of our other sermon content, uh, we believe that everything we do, uh, we do unto the glory of God. Scripture says that when Christ be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me or unto himself. And so as we give glory, I think it draws people to the goodness of God. And we also talked about in Corinthians where it says, um, we are our testimony. Is this mic going to be okay, Doug? I'm getting a little hum, hum back. Ain't no hum back, girl. Or something. So I did. Okay, Holly. It's feedback. Should I grab a different one? There is no other. Hello, hello, test one, two. You know what's really funny? True story. For the last like three weeks, Doug and I will be debriefing and like talking about how the you know, day went, all the different content. And he's always like, hey, we really need to get you to do like a sound check, which you got to get up here and do like test one, two, three. And I hate it. It's so annoying because it has to last like five minutes. So you're standing in a room like one, two, check one, two. And I, you could tell I've been ignoring that. And now I'm reaping the reper repercussions of not doing that. So is that better? Are we comfortable? It was bothering me probably more than it was bothering you. So, okay. So Corinthians says this. It says that um, we are living epistles. Like we, our lives are a story of, of God and, and uh, of God's goodness in our life. Like the scripture says, if you, if you look it up, it says, um, let our lives be a story. Let it be written on our hearts. Let our lives be a testimony of the goodness of God in our life. And so we talked about really that's what life's about. You know, you can be born, and, and if you go to a funeral, I had this thought because I went to a funeral and saw where it says, you know, a person was born in 19-something and passed away in, you know, whatever, 2000-something, and then the dash is in the middle. And uh, when you're at the funeral, all they talk about, and because it, it's important, it's what matters, is the stories of that person, the things. You don't say, well, you know, this person, you know, he just always had the best house. He always had the best car. He always had the most money. You, you get up there and you say, oh, what I remember about this person is, and you tell a story where, you know, they affected your life and they helped you or they made you better. And so um, your dash, what does your dash say about you? What does your life story say about you? And we talked about how there's bad things. There's things that happen in our life that we don't like or we wish didn't happen, but it's all like the video story, the video said, our story, it happens. It's a part of our life. It, and God can turn it and use it for good. It's all a part of our story. We were at dinner with someone Friday, and we were just talking about our lives and our background. And there's things, again, that we didn't like that we wish didn't happen. Uh, but now it's sort of the thing that we can stand on. It's the security. Um, not that our security isn't in God, but it's just it's this foundation of, hey, if God could take us through that, he can surely take us through this. Somebody say amen. And so um, kind of as we wrap up, I want to talk about this. Um, your story does more. It should do more. Our story as Christ followers, as Christians, it should, it should do more. It should go the extra mile. It should do more. And uh, I thought about it like this. We'll look at the scripture in here in a minute. I have just one scripture. But I thought about this as I was putting it down. I heard this concept when I was real young. I was actually um, 18 years old. Uh, and I worked at the grocery store family fair and uh, they asked me to be the manager of the bakery department. And so I said, yes. And I was the youngest department manager in Spartan store history or whatever. And uh, that doesn't matter other than to say, I started learning leadership principles really young kind of because I had to trial by fire, whatever. And so I learned this thought here that if we can do what I'm about to talk about this morning, you will see things elevate in your life. 
If you take this principle and apply it to your job and your family and your marriage and your finances, if you can do this, I see it being the thing that separates you from the pack. Um, and so we'll talk about it here in a minute. But the scripture I want to talk about this morning is Genesis 24, 46. Genesis 24, 46. It says, and she hurried and let down her pitcher from her, from her shoulder and said, drink and I will give you a, and I will give a drink to your camels also. So I drank and she made the camels drink also. So everybody look up at me. Here's the story. I'll give you the whole thing without reading the whole chapter. Here's the story that's taking place. Abraham, who was the wealthiest person on earth at the time. So you have Abraham, who's the richest person on earth at the time. Um, the scripture even points out, uh, it says in scripture, that he was very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. And so it goes out of the way to point out that he was very rich. Not just, hey, this guy was rich. He was very rich. And so he all, as we all know, had a son named Isaac. You guys remember the story? Abraham was over 100 years old, and, and of course his wife was in her 90s. And, uh, and, and so the supernatural childbirth with Isaac. And so it's time for Isaac to get married. And at this time in culture, what takes place is the parents chose the bride for the son. Uh, some people, I think, that should still exist. Anybody agree? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but at the time, it was the duty of the parents to, to choose. And so what they did, the scripture says, is Abraham took his most trusted servant, and his name was Eleazar, and he sent him out. And the scripture says that Eleazar went out with 10 camels loaded with gold, silver, rubies, and diamonds for the bride of Eleazar's choice. And so a camel in scripture is basically our modern day semi-truck. And so if you were going to move the most amount of anything, you were going to do it on a camel. And so they put these huge loading bags and all these kind of things on them. And so they sent 10 camels out, loaded up with all this wealth, all this money, all of this provision. And the scripture says that they traveled 500 miles. And along the way, Eleazar trying to be a good steward and choose the right person he is praying and he's saying this thing. He says, hey, God, when I get to this stopping point, when I get to this well, uh, my heart's desire is to be the person that I am to choose. Not only will they give me a drink, but they'll water my camels also. And so what a rare, weird thing to pray. And so, as you know, the scripture, we just read it when we're, so while Rebecca walks up to him with this jar on her shoulder, she walks up to him and says that to him. He says, uh, would you like a drink of water? And then as, as we just read, the response is, I will also give you, give your camels a drink also. So here's the thing about the story. It was custom when somebody was traveling through. The reason that she was there with water and with that whole thing is because it was custom. It was average. It was ordinary. It was the norm for her to give him a drink. That was what everybody does. That was, that was what was required of you. That was the middle but for her to go out of her way and give the camels water also was to go the extra mile, was to go above beyond, was to do more. And so for her to take a step beyond average was a huge thing for Eleazar. And so the prayer was, hey, if I get there and somebody can do more and somebody can go the extra mile and somebody has the heart to give their best, that's the person that I want to choose for Isaac. And so when she offered him the water and then the camels also, she was going above and beyond what was expected. Uh, camels, check this out. One camel alone can hold 40 gallons of water. So her day consisted of delivering 400 gallons of water to these camels. 
And if it was us, you know, she probably just got her nails done, right? And then these camels show up, and she's thinking, oh, I just got my nails done, my hair straightened, you know? And, uh, and we love this one. We love to use this phrase. Well, that's not my job, right? Especially in Christianity. We love to be super spiritual and say like, well, you know, that's not my role. That's not what God has assigned me to do. That's not my call. That's not my, and I'm all about honoring your call and your assignment and stuff. But sometimes God calls you out of your box. Somebody say amen. <laughs> uh, to do a little extra, to do a little and then some. And uh, I'm not, again, hear my heart. You know, I'm not getting up here to say, oh, us wretched Christians, we don't do anything and we need to do more. You need to live at the church every night of the week and we all need to be poor. You know me, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is it's terrible that most of what is done in God's name is weak and unimpressive. Who would agree? Somebody say amen. If you don't agree, I got a couple Christian television shows I can show you. Are you with me? There's a few channels out there we can look at. And, uh, and I'm not saying all is bad. I'm not saying whatever. But I think what's hurt us in culture, and this is just real talk that I'm having with you, what's hurt us in culture is when it comes to whether it be arguments that we're trying to stand up for in Congress or when we're trying to take a stand in different kinds of things and we're trying to represent Christianity, a lot of times we're unstudied, unprepared. Uh, we don't have a backbone. We're pretty pushed over. And why? It's because we're not going the extra mile. We use all this big phrasing of like, I'm taking up my cross. I'm laying down my life. I want to give all. But really when it's asked of us to do some of that, <laughs> then we freak out, right? All of a sudden people start taking off. We use all this big terminology, but then when a little is asked of us, that's not my job. That's not my job. That's not my requirement. That's not. And so here's Rebecca who has this heart of not only I'm going to do what's asked of me, but I'm going to go and I'm going to do more. I'm going to do and then some. I think a lot of times, and I'm not here to bash the church, I actually hate it when people get up and just talk about all the things church is doing wrong. Anybody can tell somebody what's going wrong. Tell me how to fix it. Somebody say, amen. Can you pick up a tool and help me fix it? And so I'm not here to say, oh, the church is wrong. The church is wrong. But what I know is if we can start doing some of this, we'll see God move in our community like he never has before. And so a lot of times what the enemy has lied to the church about is we do a really good job taking care of each other. So we come to church and we got all our programs for other Christians and we do all these things. And we have all these clubs and do all these and we take care of each other really well. And that's just what's required. Come and have fellowship and, and do the, the minimum. But God calls us outside of here. Literally, we're the called out ones is what the church is. We're the called out ones. And so to, to live this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, outside of these four walls, that's what God is looking for, for us to stretch out. And so Jesus said this. He said, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. What were the Pharisees? The Pharisees were the perfect rule keepers. Well, that's not my job. That's not my job. That's not, oh, this is my job. This is my, they kept everything in perfect order. And they said, I'm not going to do more. I'm not going to do extra. I'm not going to go the extra mile. I'm only going to do the minimum that it takes for me to be in righteousness with God or whatever. I'm only going to do that because that's all that I need to do. And Jesus said about us, if we're going to be disciples, we should exceed the righteousness of what? The rule keepers, the, the people who keep it all clean and neat and in a package. If you want to do great things for God, if you want to do incredible things, you got to be a person who exceeds and goes a notch above and beyond. Somebody say amen. Um, I grew up in church, and a lot of my best friends were in ministry with me, and we started really young. And when we started to turn 20, 21, sort of that real, like, finding out who you are type age of life, uh, it was really frustrating for me because 
as I was becoming an adult, I was being pulled to do more. And it's not putting me above anybody else. I miss it in a lot of areas. Trust me, I could sit down with you and we could have stories about all the failures and fall downs. But as we're growing and my buddies and you know, we're all making these life transitions, I started to notice something about my culture. A lot of us did that. We did, I'm only gonna do what's required of me. Like I'm gonna, what I really hate is this excuse is when you're going through a scenario or something happens and you go, hey, what happened there? How come you didn't do this or how come you didn't do that? And then that person puts the bar at the lowest bar of somebody else. Well, I'm doing this because so-and-so also only does this. Well, I'm only gonna do this because that's all so-and-so does too. Yeah, but what's God called you to do? Don't make your mark the lowest mark of somebody else. Somebody say amen. Well, it's good enough because that's what somebody else does and so that's just good enough. No, what does God have for you? You should make your mark from God, not compared to what other people are in your life. Somebody say amen. And so um, I hated that. I hated that. And so God's calling us to things, impressing us to things. And a lot of my buddies would say, oh, what I'm doing, it's good enough. I mean, so-and-so's doing it. It's just good enough. Yeah, but what's God's best? What's his best for you? Because God's best for your life is the best kind of life. Uh, amen? And so the Pharisees, you know, God's saying, hey, we got to do more than just keep the bar at status quo and just keep the, we got to do more. Uh, that's what I love when we take a walk through this building. We look at like kids, man, and to go up there and see people like just loving on kids and ki kids can be hard. Kids can be hard. Somebody say amen. And, and like, uh, and to see people taking like a Sunday morning and, and coming in with their curriculum and walking up there and loving on kids and smiling and and that may be the only place in a week where they feel authentically loved. Like um, statistically, just some of the things we face in this world, to go up there and to, to go the extra mile and like wipe boogers off kids' face and talk to them about things. You know, it's the best. And you're rewarded when you go and you serve. You're rewarded. That's the best way. Uh, kids' ministry is the best. And I'm taking a humor break for myself. But I loved kids' men. I did it for years and years. And my favorite would always be the dead pet prayer. Uh, so we'd always have a prayer time. It's like, hey, buddy, what's going on? What can we pray? My hamster's dead. Oh, my gosh. And then so how can we pray? Like, oh, I want him to come back alive. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, like, all right, well, where is he? He's under my pillow. Wait a second. Do your parents know that? Like, what do we? Anyway, so you get the craziest prayers you'd have to pray for or whatever. Uh, but seriously, to see people go the extra mile and to like love on people and connect and show up here early and put heavy stages in place and all this kind of stuff that we have to do, to be those and then some people, not only am I going to come to church, but I'm going to come to church and serve. I'm going to do extra and I'm going to be the and then some people. Man, what a blessing. What an absolute incredible thing. Uh, I thought about it like this. Businessmen gain success not by doing the minimum that is required, but by going the extra step. Uh, every business that you look at, the ones that succeed or take a step in front of the other ones, because they're the business that went the extra mile. They had the extra idea. They had the exit. And so it's like Apple and, and uh, what's the other one? The alien thing. Um, that's no good if you have it. The devil's phone. What is it? Oh, the Android. Yeah, the Android. Um, those guys. If they could just do a little more, they'd catch up to Apple. You know, they'd get up to the iPhone if they could. But truthfully, about the two things, what keeps one of them ahead of the other one? 
One of them has done the and then some, has gone a little bit further. We've got Burger King joints on there, or burger joints on all the corners. What keeps one ahead of the other? One's gone the extra mile and had the extra idea or the extra efficiency. That's what separates us from the middle of the pack is saying, hey, I'm going to do a little more. I'm going to trust God a little more. I'm going to put some faith out there a little more. And I'm not saying that there's not seasons where God holds you where you are to develop you and, and, and build character and all this. There's definitely that. But, but I'm saying a lot of times the breakthrough you're looking for is just stretching out. It's like the Olympic runner, you know, at the tape. They just lean that forward as much as they can. A lot of times that's the victory. Why? Because they've just put that little bit more forward. And I think that's what we need to be in life is that person who says, how can I go the extra mile? Unfortunately, the world says, I want minimum effort and maximum reward, especially my generation, the young generation. We want to do as little as possible and we expect the most back. Uh, we can get into government and all those structures and all that kind of stuff, but we have created a culture that says, I want to do the least and gain the most, and that is not how God set this world in order. If you can be the person who goes the extra mile, God meets you there with the extra mile blessing, amen? A lot of times life is just punch in, punch out, sun up, sun down, TV, do it all again tomorrow. But the truth is nobody lays awake at night dreaming of average. They say, oh God, I'm frustrated. My life is stuck. Where have you gone the extra mile? Where have you trusted God to do more than the middle? And I believe, you know, it's, it's like what we sing about. It's what we trust God about. When you take those steps out on the ocean and you're getting in that deep water and you feel like you're sinking, all that kind of stuff, going that extra mile into the deep water, it's terrifying. Uh, I could talk to you about it all day long, but it's the best place with God. Why? Because you're solely depending on God. He's got you. We have a phrase around here all the time. God's got you. God's got you. It doesn't feel like it. I'm glad I don't got myself because I'm not smart enough. But God's got you. We're going to get there. We can make it. That's the best place to be. Jesus said this. If a man compels you to go one mile, go two. That's what Jesus said in scripture. Why? Because he understands it's about going the extra mile. It's about doing the extra effort. It's not a works thing. It's not, oh, you got to do more because then God will be more satisfied with you. God can't love you any more than he loves you right now. He's poured out all that he can. But in terms of blessing you and, and stretching you and getting the most out of you, it's when you go that extra mile, it makes room for, for more of God. And so we can't just do what is expected. We got to go above. I'm, I'm even sick of talking about it. But if you've noticed, especially some of you on social media or Twitter and all this kind of stuff, like LeBron James took over the world for two weeks. Like one basketball player who plays a game, and I'm not against sports. Uh, obviously, you guys know me. I'm into sports, and so I'm not saying whatever. But this athlete who literally for two weeks while he was making a decision all throughout the day. Actually, there was, I think they said it was an 11-day stretch where he stayed in the top trending thing on Twitter. And the way that it works is those hashtags and then a topic. So hashtag LeBron James, Twitter lesson for you this morning. Um, hashtag LeBron James. They take a look at all of those people that in the whole world that are mentioning that phrase and whatever lands in the top 10 in all of the social media universe gets ranked. Like right now, they call it trending. So when they say trending on Twitter, it means it's being the most talked about. They said, I think it was an 11-day stretch that his name stayed there consistently. LeBron James in the whole world, the people just kept talking about LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Was it because he was an average basketball player? No, it's because he was the best in the world and he had gone the extra mile and done the, those kind of things. When we do that, the point I'm trying to make is this. When we separate ourselves from the middle, 
it gives us a platform. And it's the same thing as Christians. If we can go to a place that what we do is with excellence and what we do is with passion and what we do is with commitment and sincerity, that will be the thing that gets us a platform here on earth and in our communities. Somebody say, that's good. But most of the time, we make excuses and we back down and we give reasons and we back and we just don't give it our best. And, and it's a shame because God is to give God the best glory. We, we have to consider giving him our best. Amen. So I believe favor with coworkers and your kids and all those kind of things can be gained by being the and then some person. Not only am I going to give you a drink, but I'm going to water your camels also. Practical life example would be not only am I, to do, am I going to do my task at work, not only going to do what I'm asked to do, uh, but you might write your boss like an encouraging note or leave positive feedback or appreciate your job. A lot of you are like choking right now, like, Ugh. not only are you going to do what's required, but you're going to encourage those that are around you. Not only am I going to tolerate my kids, but I'm going to invest in them. Not just, oh, we got to get through this. this is another day with my kids. We got to, no. Go, go beyond. It, my wife always gets mad at me because uh, our daughter's like 18 months old. And uh, I didn't see, think this was going to happen because, you know, she's a daughter and I wasn't sure what our, a girl, I wasn't sure what our relationship would be. I knew I'd love her and she'd steal my heart and all that. But um, like, I'm the one who, when she barely fusses, I'll go get her out of bed. I'll get her. She's got to come in bed with us. She's having a, and like, uh, and so it just, and I love her. And so the joke is always like, hey, I only have 18 or 17 and a half more years of this or whatever, 16 and a half more years. I think if that can be your focus with your kids, instead of like, oh, we just got to tolerate it, get through another day. We just got to survive. You know, I hate mom blogs because mom blogs are like, how to survive your children, how to survive the curse of children, how to survive the demons that live in your home. And I'm like, no, like they're a blessing. This is a thing. Uh, God said they're a gift to you, you know? And so our mindset should be, hey, we're not just going to survive and tolerate and whatever. We're going to invest in them. Every day is an investment. And you're making a deposit in their life that the scripture promises you, if you make those de deposits, they'll last their lifetime, amen? So not only, this is another big one, not only am I going to listen to my wife, but I'm going to honor her. How many dudes listen to your wife, right? Like, I mean, you know, the post that's like um, something along the lines of, uh, I was going to, or it would have been easier if I did it my wife's way first or something like that. Anyway, I don't remember, but, but honestly taking the time to listen and to like be there and to listen. So not only to listen, but to honor and to be engaging. Somebody say amen. That's the, and then some, uh, too many men in life are, are just the, the, the comedy dad. They're the come home, sit down, watch a game, drink a beer, let, the wife handle all the kids stuff. Uh, no, let's, let's be invested. Let's be the, and then some dads, amen. Uh, divorce doesn't happen because you're going above and beyond and you're doing the extra mile. I can't stand this guy. He just keeps going above and beyond and I just hate him. You know, <laughs> doesn't happen. If you're the, and then some spouse, uh, I think it will help your marriage. Uh, life is not how little we can get away with. It's about giving the best. The scripture, even the name of God, El Shaddai, the meaning, one of God's names in scripture is El Shaddai, which is the God who is more than enough. Even one of God's names, his characteristics, who he is, 
is the God of more than enough, going beyond. So when Rebecca was watering those camels, she had no idea that her future was loaded to those camels. She didn't know that that thing that came up that looked ugly and stinky, I mean, imagine it, camels that just came 500 miles across the desert, the scripture said, I'm sure sand and nasty, and I'm sure they didn't smell good, and they were carrying all these things. She didn't know that God's greatest provision was attached to those nasty situations. Some of you in your life, you're in a position right now where you are facing a nasty camel, a stinky thing has come up on your life, and you're going like, oh, I got to deal with this, but you don't realize that the greatest opportunity is loaded on that camel. Don't run from your camel, water it. Take care of it. You're saying, wait, you want me to stay in this dysfunctional situation? You know what I'm saying. Get through, conquer, believe. Do your best in that situation. Be the end then some to that situation and it will open the door to your future. Amen? DJ, why don't you come up here and play with me? I'm gonna close with three little thoughts uh, before we leave. Three thoughts as DJ plays. Number one, these are good to write down. I hope you're taking notes. Number one, don't despise small things. Uh, when you're talking about being the and then some person, don't despise small things. A lot of times you think, okay, how am I going to be the and then some person? How am I going to take the mountain? How am I going to conquer? How am I going to do something great for God? Don't despise the small opportunities that God puts in your life to be great. Uh, somebody say, it was just watering camels. That's really all it was. But look what it opened up for Rebecca when she did the end then some. So don't think it has to be a major platform in your own ministry and this whole thing that you build it up to be. Just be faithful. Be, be faithful and committed to something that God has put in your life. Your resources, your family, your time. Be a good steward. Be, don't despise the small things. Do the ends then some in the small things. And God promises when you're faithful in the little things, he'll give you the bigger things. He'll lead you into the great things. Number two, huge mistake we all make. Don't wait for the big moments to do the end then something. Oh, I'm gonna do something great. I'm gonna do this thing. And then you're just always waiting for a big moment. Oh, it's, it's gonna be this thing. I'm going to church this morning. God's gonna move. It's gonna be this thing. But it could be a moment at the gas station. It could be a moment at the grocery store. It could be a moment at your work. It could be a phone call that you answer. And instead of tolerating the phone call, you speak life into somebody. Somebody say amen. Don't always look for the big moment. Be aware of the moment. I thought about like this. When you watch SportsCenter, there's a big game and there's this great accomplishment. They just run a couple highlights. So you saw the home run or you saw the slam dunk or you saw the whatever. But it's all the routine plays that they did well and did with excellence that actually set up the highlight play. And we all wanna be the highlight. We all want the big moment. We all wanna be the big thing. But a lot of times it's consistency and doing your best in the, the average play, the one yard run, the two yard run, all those things that you do well that will open up the big moment, that breaks through. You know, in sports, they'll, they'll do like a lot of a pass, 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 pass. And then the defense thinks, boy, they pass a lot. And then they'll do a run and it's the highlight because it's what works, it's like a trick. Some of you, you're looking for the long ball. You're looking for the big thing. God's saying, hey, just, just run the ball, set it up. You can tackle the little things that are in front of you and I'll help you with the highlight. Somebody say amen. Number three, help people. Just help people. 
She didn't stand out there and scream scriptures at people. She wasn't noticed because she threw out the most Christian catchphrases or she had this big Bible study around the well and she had this whole thing and this ministry and all these titles. She was there to just help somebody. She was there to just connect with people and meet their need. And a lot of us get all caught up in, oh, it's gotta be this big thing, it's gotta be this big deal and I gotta form this to just be a person who helps somebody. And the scripture says that your gift will make room. So whatever God has assigned on your life for you to do, it'll get there if you just operate in your gift of helping people and being there for people. I love this thought. Action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action. We gotta do something. We gotta go out there and do something. Our world, the enemy has played a great trick on us as Americans that if all you do is isolate yourself, you'll be happy. So you have an iPad, you have an iPod, you have your own playlist, you have your own DVR, everything's custom based for you. You even have your own side of the bed that you can customize. And everything is very introverted, everything is very isolated, everything is me, me. It's sad when you go to the grocery store, when you're out in public, how many people have earbuds in and they're just passing by each other. Why? Because if the enemy can get you to isolate and check out, then you won't be this. You won't be a person who, who connects and goes above and beyond and is there for people. And I'm not coming here to preach against earbuds or anything like that, but, um, but, but be aware of who you're around. I love this thought. It's never crowded along the extra mile. When you go the extra mile, it's never crowded. Meaning you're out there, you're seen, you're, you're gonna get your opportunity out there on the extra mile. There are no traffic jams along the extra mile because not everybody is willing to go that far. But if we can be the church, that we make our story, hey, we're gonna do more. We're gonna be the and then some people. We're gonna help people in their need. We're gonna water the camels of life. We're not gonna run from them. I think God will do incredible things, amen? Why don't you stand to your feet? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? Here's what we're gonna do. If you're here this morning and you've never chosen to make Jesus Christ the Lord of, Lord of your life, you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, uh, basically what I'm saying is you've never made a decision to, to be a Christian or to follow Christ, I'm gonna give you that opportunity this morning. We're not gonna call you forward. We're not gonna have you come to the front or do anything like that. Uh, right where you are, you'll stay there with everybody's eyes closed and head bowed. Um, we're gonna pray as a group. And uh, the scripture says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We believe here at Vertical Church, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. You're on your way to heaven. It's the beginning of being a Christ follower. And so right where you are, again, I'm not gonna embarrass anybody or call anybody out, but we just want the opportunity to pray a prayer with you that does that very thing that I talked about, forgiveness of your sins and uh, a commitment to Christ. And so when nobody looking around, if you're in here and you say, that's my first and then some step. Maybe it's your first like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a decision today to be a Christ follower. It's gonna be my first extra mile. That'd be awesome. I would love that this morning. And so if you're here and you wanna make that decision, when I count to three, just put your hand up. I'll just, I'll notice it. And then we'll pray together. If that's you on three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody in here? Anybody? Okay. Awesome. If I missed you, it's okay. We're gonna still pray this prayer anyway. 
Because what the scripture says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, and if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, it's not even really about me seeing your hand. It's about you believing in your heart that you're making a decision to follow God and make him your savior. So all together, repeat after me. And if you, if you believe that this morning, you need to make that decision. Just pray this prayer and believe it in your heart and uh, it'll be the same. So let's do this. Let's all say, God, we love you. Today, I choose you to be my Lord and savior. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Right on. I want you guys to clap your hands. If you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you. Um, on your seat is an information card. There's a little box you can check that said, I made a commitment or a recommitment for Christ. Fill that card out. Drop it off at the coffee bar or in the information booth. We're not going to call you again or try to put you in any kind of class. I just want to pray for you this week. I'll take that card and I'll just pray. Uh, like I said, not gonna call you, not gonna do anything. If you'd like me to call you and connect, check that box too. We'd love to call you and connect, but uh, we wanna honor your time. And so fill those out, drop them off. For the rest of us, I wanna pray one more time before we leave. The prayer team is gonna come forward right now. Um, I want us to just pray that we get that desire to be the and then some person. The people who don't run from the camel, the people who just say, hey, I'm going to take this opportunity to go the extra mile, to do the above, and, um, and that, that God will open doors. I believe that, that when you take the moment to trust God and to kind of face your camel, you beat those things and you get the riches. That's what happened to Rebecca, her future. She was chosen to be the wife. Her future was attached to those camels. And I believe when we, when we overcome those camels, man, it just releases all of that to us. And uh, so let's pray for that this morning. God, we love you so much. Lord, we wanna be a people who go the extra mile, who take the step beyond our comfort zone, who put our own agendas down, who put our own selfish desires down. And we, we be the people who help people, who notice people, who connect to people, who love on people. Uh, God, we don't wanna run from our camel situations. God, we wanna, we wanna water them and we wanna believe you for the riches that we'll gain from them. And uh, God, we do it because we want your name to have glory and we want your goodness to be strong here on the earth in all of our lives and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.